Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Yeah, Easter Sunday is going to be a time where we celebrate that the tomb is empty. Who here likes to celebrate a birthday, you know? Turn up for a birthday. You turn up for Jesus' birthday, you know, Christmas. But, wow, the real power is that he tore the veil. That there is no barrier between us and God when we're in Jesus. To fathom, to be in the presence of a holy God. without any fear or shame or doubt because of what Jesus has done and covered us. His blood, his body that was broken for us. Today is Palm Sunday, entering Passion Week as we remember what Jesus has done for us. And today... I pray if you haven't made that step to say, Jesus, take my life, make me brand new. I just want you. Forgive me my sin. I trust that you are the only way that you'd be captivated and caught up in the person, the God-man himself, to see how he made a way for me and for you. So we're going to pick up the story in just a moment, but it's not how we would expect. We know the ending, so we're on the other side of this journey. But I want us to go back there and feel the emotions of what that first crowd would have felt. Now, when you get a present, maybe on your birthday, if it's not what you wanted and not what you expected, (laughs) it's hard to show gratitude in that moment. You know, you get socks, you're like, Yes. I don't know when that happens, when you move from toys to clothing. Well, that is just a tough transition in life. That needs to be, we need more empathy and counseling for that moment. You know, get, get, let, uh, if you're getting me a gift, I probably still want a toy more than a shirt. And you can see it on kids. I'm using that because in a moment, I'm going to talk about the gap. Expectation versus reality. Look at, let's look at Matthew 21, how the good news and, uh, it, it enters the scene through Jesus and on Passion Week. Verse one, when they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples telling them, go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. This took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, see, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey. And on a colt, the foal of a donkey, the disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. 
They brought the donkey and the colt. Then they laid their clothes on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. Then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. How excited they are. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Here he comes. Why are they so excited? Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when he, being Jesus, entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in an uproar. Who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, what is taking place and being recorded here in Matthew's gospel is a prophecy that is being fulfilled out of Zechariah chapter 9. And let's go back to that prophecy. It shows us in verse 9, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Now, Zion is used in Scripture as literal but also metaphorical to God's holy place, God's holy city, specifically Jerusalem. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. So Zion, where God meets his people, Jerusalem, this city, this place, and this, we're going to lean into some tension here in just a moment. We're going to lean into what party line or no party line we're all at because that's the backdrop of why they're shouting. And how we understand Jerusalem and Zion influences how we understand Jesus. This Jesus comes through the Jews, but isn't just for the Jews, it's for all people, this good news, this person that would give access and rip away the veil and the barrier that separates me and you from God. Jerusalem, a city literal, but Jerusalem, a city that you and my, me are in when we're in Jesus, that we have everywhere is holy ground. And a mystery, too, to see how this plays out in the Middle East. But I think sometimes we can get so caught up with literal fixated land that we miss the bigger plan that God was doing, which was bringing restoration for all people in all places. This is key and fundamental. Because if we just think it's for a region or a certain people group, we will... Um, discount what Jesus is actually doing. And then we might be so tripped up to think that, 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 that now we're influenced with action in a way that may or may not be always helpful in our day-to-day life. I'm not gonna do a show, by, show of hands, but for most of us, we'll, we'll never travel across the ocean. So the gospel, if it's so good, it has to translate across the ocean from the Middle East to us right here, right now. And then last week we looked at Jesus. He said, all authority has been given unto me. Go, make disciples of all nations, people groups. That has went from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, people groups. Places, cool. But all authority has been given to Jesus. This is how it took place. It begins the Palm Sunday, the Passion Week passion of Christ, which is going to lead to Good Friday. What's good about Friday? It's only because we know the other side of the story. 
There's nothing good about Friday. The lamb is going to go be slaughtered. It's going to go be brutally whipped and beaten and have to carry his own cross. And not just that, just to die, but to drink the cup of wrath, the punishment for all of sin. Every horrible thing that's ever taken place on this planet, the greatest injustice we've ever seen, is what the backdrop to Good Friday is. And we say, oh, the name of Jesus, oh, it's so good. Yeah, the name of Jesus is so powerful. May we never get calloused or even um, desensitized in that we go through formality. It's a birthday party, and it's, a, it's another date. It's Passion Week. The passion of Christ bought us at the highest price, his own life. And it says in Zechariah, it says, look, your king is coming to you. Your king is coming where? Anybody like uh, musicians and ever visited a concert for your favorite musician? Or how about your favorite comedian? I've only been to a handful of concerts. I have seen The Roots. I have seen uh, The Neptunes. I have seen, um, I've, you know, I've, for the, that was, you have to have some backdrop to not Christian music, but don't worry. I've been with Jars of Clay and Mercy Me. I did a concert once with Mercy Me at the Breslin Center. I can only imagine, you know, we opened up for him. We were beatboxing, and it was really fun. And um, don't worry, we've done concerts where nobody showed up. That was just kind of a, it was a glimpse moment. It was like, oh, my goodness, there's 10,000 people. And uh, that, didn't, that didn't make us famous. What made us famous was the one who is famous, and it's Jesus. And, uh, and what's so neat is when you know, like, when somebody you love or a musician or, or uh, maybe a sports team or a comedian, when they're coming into town, you, you see where they're located, and you buy a ticket because of where they're going. Underline capital K in your mind. This isn't lowercase king. This isn't comedian. This isn't musician. This is the king is coming where? The Apollo? The Breslin? To you. The king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble in riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. This is the prophecy. So now, as we go back to Matthew, verse 5, it records and uh, restates this prophecy of what's taking place. It's very important to know, why are they shouting? Why are they so excited about this prophet Jesus? Because what they think is going to take place is King Jesus is not going to come humble, but he's going to come with a roar as the lion. No, come to dethrone the Roman regime. The expectation is that if the king is coming, there's a new leader and a new regime in town that we would be in charge. So this is kind of in our day and age, we might understand it as an election voting for a candidate. With their words, they're, they're saying what is true, 
Hosanna, they're giving highest praise to the son of David. They're, this is the anointed one, the Messiah, the, the, the one who has been prophesied for thousands of years, the climax of all history as at this fixated point, here comes the God-man, Jesus, and Jesus must want to alleviate our pain today. That has to be the greatest thing he's going to do. And they are so caught up in that, just like we can be, our expectation for those in office would be that everything changes. Now, whether you're on the left, you're on the right, or you're in between, or you're who knows what, and I'm not going to do a show of hands because if there's any way to cause some tension, it's to say, who you voted for? And then there could be another tier. Did you even vote? And it's very interesting because... Um, I think I, I, I would support us to be involved in politics. I would support us to be, in every, to be involved in every sphere of life. But it is interesting. It's, it's kind of like someone who gets in a fitness fad. Well, here's what you got to do. Not, well, even if someone drinks Mountain Dew, they could still get to heaven. So do I got to do it? Here's what you got to do. You got to vote like this. Is it possible that Jesus could be on both sides of the aisle, but the greatest thing that he's doing is how he's going to be inaugurated, how he's actually going to be crowned. And if we think it's always coming in power for now, we're going to miss the real thing of what he's doing to give access to God and his people to forgive all of sin forever and to grab his throne humbly riding on a donkey that has never been written on. And never been written on because that an animal without defect that isn't used for any other purposes yet, that the sacrifice, the atonement of all of our mistakes is about to take place. That there's no more sacrifice of animals, blood that is substituted for a moment that can only temporarily cover our guilt, our guilt, every person, all of us. Dead in sin, needing a savior. Well, yes, we want a king to solve everything, but the greatest thing that Jesus ever did was save us, rescue us. So what they're shouting in that moment is they're saying, basically, you're here to rescue us. Thank you, thank you. You're here to rescue us from the Romans. Tell me this isn't the tension sometimes in our history. When I vote, they're going to rescue us. Okay, look, I am not calloused to thinking that we don't need leaders. We need healthy leaders that love God and love people. But have you lived long enough to know that leaders can't solve it? We must need something more. You know, the right will be like, look, inflation, I knew it was coming. The left will be like, yeah, but, you know, the, the list of cause it goes on and on and on. And we should be involved and be praying and be committed. And, but this crowd is just like us today. We're thinking as we're waving with the palm branches, we're thinking he's coming to solve everything. That's not the good news. That's why that song they were singing, even in the midst of our suffering, the glory that's coming for eternity is far superior now, I'm not saying that what is going to happen today, there will be glimpses of the kingdom of God on the move. But sometimes it's two steps forward and four steps back. 
Sometimes we'll build a house in the name of Jesus, but a storm might hit it. Does that mean God's not with us? No, but let's think about it. We think God is like the genie lamp. Give me three wishes. Solve this. Rescue this. Passion Week is about how he's rescuing people, all of people, which is far greater than any suffering this world can bring. And I believe there's power in the name of Jesus to heal. There's power in the name of Jesus for justice. There's power in the name of Jesus to provide equality, representation, and access for people. And we should see the kingdom on the move in the marketplace and many different places. But this crowd is shouting for Jesus to overthrow the leaders in power. And when he didn't, guess what, friends? What did they shout? What did they shout? hard not to think that we're the same way. I didn't do what I wanted. Forget Jesus. He didn't do what I wanted. Forget him. The text doesn't even say this. You know, that, that idea that, that when Jesus rescues you, life won't be hard. I submit to you that when Jesus rescues you, life may be harder. But for when I am weak, I am strong because it's Jesus who lives in me. Paul prayed three times, let this thorn, this thorn in the flesh, this messenger from Satan be taken away. And and God responds, my grace is sufficient for you in trouble. My grace is sufficient for you. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor that me and you can't get to God, that God came to us. And how did our king come to us? He came riding on a donkey. Why a donkey? Next time, you know what he comes back riding? What's he come back next time? It's a horse, huh? So if you've ever want to know if your pet's in heaven, your pet probably, I don't know, your pet, but there's animals, there must be. Shout out to Toro. My, uh, my one dog I had, he got hit by a car on my 18th birthday. and was at my graduation, open house, and love Toro. I think Toro might be in heaven. Jesus comes back on a horse. Those are secondary, third, fourth, fifth. The reason he comes back on a horse next time is because he's coming back. War, it's final. And how he got his throne how God bought us back, how he really rescued us is by sending his own son to die. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. May we pause and not say, Hosanna, Hosanna. Because sometimes when things don't go our way, we're saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. The work that's already been done in the cross is sufficient for everything. If he doesn't do do another thing, it's more than enough. It's a tough word, but it's good. It means if I have a lot, 
or I have a little. If I'm well-fed or I have no food. I've learned the secret to be content in all things. Through all things. Who strengthens me? Christ. Philippians 4, 13. And the backdrop to that is when it's tough and when it's not. I've learned that Christ is what it's all about. So look at verse 5. This is the good news, my friends. Your king is coming to you. Is that enough for us today? Is it enough? Only you know. For me, I got I to gotta wrestle with that too. Is it enough for me? That the king comes to me and he bought away? Worship team, I'm going to call you up front and there's just one point I would say for today, for today's message. That one point is, at your worst, at our worst, God came near and he gave his best. Think of maybe the worst moment in your life. Who wanted to come near to you then? Think of the worst thought you've ever had. Who would want to come near to you then? Let's not miss it this week because we want all of our circumstances to change. Let's remember of what happened this week, that our eternal circumstance changed. Now, does he care about the day-to-day? <laughs> he cares about the lilies. He provides for the birds. <laughs> you don't think he doesn't care about everything? He cares about every detail, every iota, because you are his. And he cares so much about us that he had to get us back. And the only way he could get us back is through his love by sending his only begotten son. That through belief in Jesus, we would not perish, but have everlasting life. And God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn you. Like our sin already does that. When we make a mistake, we already feel bad. Conviction is, though, that's saying, ah, I want to change. I want to repent. I want to turn from my wicked ways. I want to believe in the good news of what Jesus has done, not me, because I can't. The gospel is not saying that the king is here to take over of everything today. The gospel is us waving our white flags by saying, I can't. There's a little equation that is helpful for us in every sphere of life, in your job, in your relationships, and our view of God, most importantly. It's this, expectations versus reality. If I expect God, when I get saved, to add extra zeros to my bank account, if the reality is he doesn't do it, 
the gap and the greater that is or to what tension is frustration. If I expect whoever I'm dating or in relationship with to solve all my problems, but the reality is they don't, I'm going to be frustrated. If this crowd is shouting Hosanna and then he goes and he just gives up his life, Who in the world is this Jesus? I thought he said he was going to dominate. That's why they're like mocking, spitting at him, laughing at him. (laughs) Thank God the story doesn't end there. Amen? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Happiness is based on what's happening. That's expectations and reality. Joy is our confidence in a person, Jesus. Let me read Hebrews 12 too. Check this out. It says this, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him. Picture this, Jesus, here's your gift. Oh, he's so joyous. What lay before me, Father? We knew he had anguish because what laid before him, he wept. He was under so much pain to the point that his sweat became blood. Because the joy laid before him, he endured the cross. Despising the shame. That's why when you're in Jesus, there's no more shame. Come on now. Jesus already did it. So whatever shame we're carrying in this place, whatever suffering we're carrying in this place, we're exchanging that to say, no, 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 that's the joy of the Lord. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God because he's in charge now, King Jesus. Thank you, God. We wouldn't have voted him in. But he brought us back to rescue us. So where we close is just to worship. And I want to challenge us to bring whatever expectation it is for God to do to the forefront of your soul. He cares so deeply about it all, you might as well just bring it out. Or whatever frustration or or, uh, shame you're facing, just bring it out. Whatever hurt or anger or uh, just disappointment, bring it out. And may this song be a, a deep therapy for our life to say, no, 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 the suffering pales into comparison to the glory that we're going to have forever in Jesus Christ. So this is just good old-fashioned good news, just good old-fashioned gospel. Um, Yeah, he saved us, y'all. Palm Sunday, going into Good Friday, going into Easter Sunday that he lives, and he came peacefully riding on a donkey, because next time he's coming back on a horse. He came peacefully going in as the lamb because next time he's coming back as the lion. I pray that this song right now will bring us healing to remind us of the banner that's over our life. And if you don't know Jesus, man, he's calling you back home. We don't know when our last second will be, period. That's not to scare you. It's just to hopefully call your spirit to attention. Say, hey, we're alive, but for a moment, we're dead for forever. And there's only one name that can get us back to God, and his name is Jesus. 
Because at our worst, God came near to you and he gave his best. Let's sing. Beyond my circumstance, joy that I have is my inheritance. Joy, this is the joy of the Lord. Sing the chorus with me. this is reminding us of the glory of God forever. If you're experiencing sickness, loss, hurt, worry, confusion, doubt, depression, anxiety, this is for us right here, right now. There's going to be glory that is better than what we are facing that we can even think or imagine. It's going to be so, so far superior. Not only does he want to come into the, the pain, not only does he understand, God sent his son. He gets it. Jesus 
gets it. But what he's offering is a glory. And so when we're singing, we're not discounting the pain. We're just remembering. We're reminding ourselves to stir one another up. Because when Christ comes back, oh my, it's going to be glorious. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. So let's sing with that in mind. The glory that God is really offering. Come on, let's go there. This is going to be I don't have to be strong. It's God's strength. It's God's strength. We never could. But Jesus can. God, where there's insecurity in this room, we exchange it for the security that is in you. Where there's doubt and worry, we exchange it for faith right now. Where there's suffering, we exchange it for endurance and healing and ultimately the glory of you. Where it's been hard or heavy, right now, God, we let go and let you. We cast our cares to you, God. We take these boulders right now. We just give them to you because you care about us. Thank you.
for rescuing us. Thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for showing us humility and meekness and coming in peace. That your power looked like giving your life, being mocked and humiliated. Thank you, God, of giving us access on Good Friday. God, thank you for your passion for us to get us back, that your kingdom comes near at our worst to give us your best. Brand new life to be born again. In whom the sun set free is free indeed. There's no sin that the blood of Jesus doesn't cover. His payment is perfect and permanent right here, right now. And I can I can sense, yeah, but you know our you know our minds were there's a there's a truth a level of skepticism is healthy. But our sin nature, our flesh, when we hear God's word, sometimes we'll be like, but, but, you don't get it, you don't get it. And we're all, of course God gets it. But I pray in this moment that our, our but God, it's actually, but God made a way. And I know if you made a way for me to get back to you, you can make a way for today because the joy of you my strength. So we declare that today. We hope to see you next week. We'll be here Easter Sunday, 10 a.m. and 11.30. All races, all faces, all ages. Afterwards, we're going to celebrate with a party because we think that, man, there ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party don't stop. So if, if God throws a party when one sinner repents, next week we're going to have a time where you can bring the kids, they'll have the Easter egg hunt, Look, if it's cold, y'all, I I don't know if you grew up in Michigan, but just be prepared. Who cares? Like, you know, it might be 85 next week, and it could be negative 4 with the wind blizzard, but we're still going to do the Easter egg hunt. We got a three-point contest. If you think you got a jump shot like that, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Last time, a middle schooler won it, so we'll see if you got it nice like that. I will be in that. We'll see if I can come out of retirement and hit a couple J's. And we'll have food for everybody, and that will be right after the 1130 service that party is just a reminder of us that one day he will come back to make everything new right and wipe away every tear so join us next week Easter Sunday invite somebody you're online next week might be your time to come in person or hey enjoy where you're at we hope to see you we'll be loving this city one life at a time and we won't stop until Jesus Christ comes back and he makes all things new have the best day of your lives y'all enjoy